is Will Tinkin. Thanks for listening to the Bitter Comics Comics Podcast. And here's your host, JT Foreman. Good job, dude. Can I have a high five? Yes. Good job. That's really nice. Whatever you're comfortable with. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of the Bitter Comics Podcast. I am... JT Foreman and I am here with my good friends Colton the Contrarian, Contreras. Yes. And Matt Famous Amos. What was that sound? <laughs> that your I don't know. It, 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 it sounded like a fart tried to come out and then changed yeah. its mind. It's like, oh no, shit, it's still, it's still winter. It's not spring yet. It sounded like someone's it's, we're going back in the hole. In your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, was it the chocolate covered pretzels that I brought I over? Know, it it might have been those. Maybe it was. Well, and Matt That's Famous right. Amos, uh, thanks for the cookies, man. I didn't Famous Amos cookies. He's Matt Amos. Matt guy. Amos is here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, we begin once again with uh, our opening segment. JT was a real prick last week, in which I apologize for the cruel, offensive, and probably racist things I said last episode. Well, this is episode 108, so for my insensitivity in episode 107, I would like to apologize to nobody. You know what? Everyone, everything that, I, as much as I whined and complained about my childhood and my family, I meant every fucking word I said. So if you got, if your feelings are hurt, well, you shouldn't have done that shit. Matt just high-fived me. Um, and you know what? If you think it's unfair me going on to a public forum like the internet to complain about your bullshit, well, hey, you know what? Start your own goddamn podcast. I can't wait to hear your mom's podcast. <laughs> yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't wait to hear my mom's podcast. That'd be great. Also, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's actually been a couple of months since, uh, since I did an episode of the show. Uh, I want to thank you guys for... For uh, uh, coming around again, I know it's been a while since I uh, drug you out to Colton's living room, really, <laughs> to to do a, uh, the show, and uh, I appreciate your you're doing it. Um, I, uh, I I'd love to to have some uh, some really great reason as to why I haven't done a show in so long, but honestly, uh, between um, breaking up with my girlfriend. And uh, shit that happened at work, and with the stand-up comedy show that I used to put on, ending, I just my my head has been gone for a little while. Uh, but uh, hopefully, I'm gonna be able to get back into doing this on a a bit more regular basis. Not that it was really all that regular to begin with. When you did the last show, was Coffee Lounge still open? Uh, no, no, oh, Coffee okay. Lounge was not open. But uh, yeah, I I had started doing. I, I did. Did I talk about? Um, not doing the show at uh, Denny's anymore. The last yeah. time we did a podcast, yeah, we did. They just they they were no help at all. And in fact, it, it, that would have been fine, but they were kind of a hindrance about it. I had to fight with them to get them to come and take people's orders. Yeah. They wouldn't let me put a poster up about the show in their own restaurant. Mm. And so yeah, and so I stopped doing that show. Well, thank um, you for letting me do it before it closed. Oh, you're welcome. So, you know what? It, it was it was great having you, okay. and uh, you're. I think you're the only person who ever showed up on time for that show. It's so awesome that I could say I did a stand up comedy show at Denny's. Yes, I, actually, you know what? It kind of is. I put on a stand up comedy show at Denny's, um, but uh, yeah, you know, I um, it, it was fun doing the shows, but putting them on is such a pain in the ass. 
you know, the people who who promote the uh, the shows, it's that's a lot of work to get everyone to show up. And you know, I I know I bitch a lot about well, how come they're not paying me? I mean, they're they're charging money for the tickets and and they're getting paid, and I should get something. Um, you know, in 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 some cases that's true, but in some cases, you know what, the guy putting the show on lost money. And most of the shows that I put on, I took a loss. Not even counting the money and gas I spent driving around to put flyers up and hand them out and everything. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the cost of the flyers, what I paid the comedians, I lost money on a majority of the shows that I did. And overall, I, I might have broken even, but I'm probably down like 50 or 60 bucks total over all of the shows that I did. Like I said, not counting the gas in all of my time. Yeah, I feel like um, promotion... The type of person who's good at that is the opposite personality of someone who's a good stand-up comedian. I think it's like two completely different interests, almost. Well, I don't know if they're opposite, but they are certainly different skill sets. Yeah. Um, you know, because like Danny Minch, you know, he's a funny comedian, and he's good at promoting the he shows. Is but fucking it, great at promotion. It it took him years to get finally get a room with a show that consistently and regularly had a good audience. You know, for the first several years, he, he was bouncing on, around from one venue to the next, and a manager would give him a hard time. And he finally, here at Mother Mary's, where he's doing it. And Zenwalk show. And Zen, the Zenwalk show that he's doing, he's got good support from the owners of the place. There must have been like 60 people or more there. Yeah, well, not more. About 60, I think. 50 to 60 people That's there. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's so many people. Yeah, for a Wednesday night comedy show. With like, not like people who've been on TV or whatever. Yeah, just, you yeah. Know. But, you know, he's he's got a following now, and it took him years to build that up. Uh, Philip Medina, same thing. He's got a he's got a following now, and it took him years to build that up. Where, and that's he why he can, he can get church? big shows. Um I, I don't know of a show at a church. Uh, I know he does shows at Mother Mary's also, and he has some others. And he's uh, um, recently got involved with um, uh, Richard Villa's thing, Refried Fridays, uh, the Refried Comedy shows. Uh, Richard Villa, I guess, he, he had a show at the Improv in Hollywood called Refried Fridays. And he's been kind of branching that out to other places. I know he does shows in... In uh, El Paso, Texas, and and he's starting to do shows, you know, just re- calling them refried Friday or refried comedy shows in various other places as well. Yeah. Chris Cruz has been getting a ton of people to Club One too. Yeah, Chris Cruz. He's but and again, he's been doing it for years. I have no doubt that the first six months, at least, that he was doing these shows, he didn't have a whole lot of people coming. Or if he did, it, it was like all family or something. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Mexican. He got huge families. I, I my parents were Mormon. Well, I got a few huge family too. It just none of them give a shit. You know, I want to I want to interject here and, and make something very clear about your personality. What's that? At the beginning of the show, you announced two bad things that had happened in the last two months. You broke up with your girlfriend, and your venue had closed down, and you've been going on exclusively about your <laughs> venue closing down, well, and not said a word about the girlfriend yet. <laughs> well, honestly, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm over the girlfriend. Yeah, really, I. You know, I, I still I still care about her, and I, I would even stay. I would even say I still love Marie. Yeah, but um, you know, we I, I broke up with her for a reason. You know, yeah. And uh, I, I'm I'm not going to get into detail here because I I don't I don't want to shit on her publicly. She's yeah. not a bad person, but um, you know, just it 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 didn't work out. 
Yeah. And uh, it hurt for a while, and it still hurts a little, but I'm good with it. Yeah. That's good. That's great. You know? (laughs) I think it was Terry Michaels was telling me the other day that he surprised... How how well I'm I'm handling it. We were together for almost three years, and I broke up with her three months ago, and I'm good. You know, <laughs> really, I am. You know, man, it takes a lot of character to break up with someone and not shit all over them. Uh, well, she's she's a good person. She's a great mother. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I can I can only imagine uh, the two um, the two parents that I know in my life. That have had the toughest row to hoe. Is that the right term? A hoy? Row to hoe. I have no idea. It's like in in farming, you're you're hoeing a row. Oh, okay. To planting. I never heard that. Trying to grow. uh, You know, I've also heard it road to hoe, but that doesn't make any sense. Who's hoeing a road? Uh, You know, maybe on Blackstone, you're going down the road looking for hoes. But I don't know who's rowing a road. Is it considered hoeing when it's like a big giant machine doing it? I don't think so. I think I think it's only hoeing if if you have the farm implement in your hands and you're you're scraping at the dirt so you can plant seeds. Uh, but of the two parents that I've personally known who had the toughest row to hoe were Marie and my father. Um, my Marie, uh, she uh, you know gave birth prematurely. She has a, a, a severely disabled child. And uh, left her first husband for reasons that are not my business to tell. Yeah. Um, so now here she is, uh, a single parent with a severely disabled child. Yeah. You know, and you know she ended up getting her parents to to come stay with her to help her take care of her daughter. But that's wow, that's got to be rough. And then my dad, my mother leaves when the oldest of a, of his six kids was seven, and the youngest one was like six months old, and my mom just leaves. And then my dad somehow managed to, to raise us in the semi, you know, uh, uh, sufficient fashion. I mean, yeah. we're all still alive. Nobody died on you know you know or nobody died or killed anyone and or, or you know, um, I'm the only one who hasn't built a life for themselves. But I have my own problems that, frankly, I think stem from being bullied in school. But. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, and I talk too much. No, you guys should talk. It's interesting uh, stuff. I, I want I want the show to be more about the guests than me because <laughs> people are going to get sick of my shit. Uh, so I want them to have new shit from new people each time. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know that's why I'm not really I haven't really been talking about breaking yeah. up with Marie because you know I'm good. I it, it sucked for a while, but I, I can talk about it if you want. No, 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 um, no. I think you covered it. I you think know, you covered it. I think you. Uh... You're in a good place. That's yeah. Very nice. And so, you know, now, I don't want a relationship now. That's that's the biggest thing that I realized. Yeah. Is that uh, I want my time to belong to me, not to someone else. Yeah. You know, and, and it's uh, it, it's not about the laziness of I don't want to put up Christmas decorations. It's about, but I had plans for this weekend. Mm-hmm. And you want me to spend all weekend putting up Christmas decorations that I don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it. I, I mean, if if I wanted Christmas decorations, I'd put them up. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't hire someone else to do it for me. I would get them and I would put them up myself. I don't want to. I, I just that kind of stuff doesn't not, doesn't interest me. Well, I'm sure you could find someone whose sensibilities are more in line with yours, like it's more similar priorities. Yeah. Well, um, probably not. But 
I mean, <laughs> there probably is someone in the world. Uh, yeah, there's someone in the world. Who but... would rather go to a comedy show with you than yeah. put up decorations. Yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all guys, though. Yeah, dudes, yeah. yeah. What I'm <laughs> saying is dudes. you got to... Uh, um, you know, you know there's, there's one person who comes to the comedy shows a lot that... You gotta fuck dudes. Uh, dudes. I don't wanna fuck dudes. I'm a dude. I know what dudes are like. I don't want to fuck dudes. <laughs> uh, now, you know, I, I often say I'm very much attracted to women, but I don't like them much. Um, <laughs> I know how shitty that sounds. That and, was Joel. And I mean it that way. I mean it that way. Now, you know, <laughs> oh, men and women are different. Yeah, no shit. They are. We're, we're vastly different personality-wise. The, the, there's a reason something is a stereotype. It's because it's that way a lot, you know? <laughs> Guys, one, one of the, one of the, I'm working on a, a a big long bit about breaking up with my girlfriend. One of the awesome, things, yeah, I can't wait yeah. to see that. Man. One of the things in there is that uh, she complained that all I wanted was sex, but all she wanted were chores. You know, it, it, she every time I would see her, she had stuff for me to do. Yeah. I, I, how did anything get done before we got together? <laughs> oh, you did it yourself. Yeah. Hey, how about that? And and you know what, <laughs> we didn't have sex enough. Yeah. Yeah, she's right. <laughs> what I wanted was if uh, if it's not about her, it's about the fact that I want to have sex. Yeah. I would not have gone out with anyone if I had no desire to have sex. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's <laughs> not. Oh, I wouldn't date you. I wouldn't date anybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, if if it weren't for sex, would you waste your time with women? I mean, I would not go out of my way to avoid them. You know, I meet them in, in whatever social atmospheres and we become friends, great. But I certainly wouldn't put any additional effort into it. Right, well... Or money. <laughs> I have friends who are women, but yeah, I wouldn't put in as much effort. Yeah, I would just treat them the way I treat them, my dude friends. Yeah. Which I already do. But I think I'm a little different uh, in that way, though. Uh, Probably a bit more feminine than you, Joel. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Well, your hair is longer. That's true. Uh, I, I do like I do like the cool little ponytail you had it in the other day. Thanks, that, buddy. It was not not all of your hair was in it, just like kind of the top. You're sort of doing that. Yes, I am in the Japanese mafia haircut. I want everyone to know because you know people see me and they don't know I'm Asian, so it's kind of like uh, okay, Japanese mafia haircut. I'm here, motherfuckers. Yeah, face, yeah. <laughs> well, see, now you have to buy one of those uh, souped-up Honda Civics or something. Oh, no. Yeah, I want. I don't want to look <laughs> got, like an Asian to... American. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Oh God, no! We don't want that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so. Um, now, how have you guys been? How was, how was Christmas? It's good. I had a good time. I had a painful, long fight all day, but that was That sounds much more interesting. On Christmas Day? Yeah, on Christmas Day, yeah. Let's hear about you. Oh, your, your mom? No, 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 no. Or your, a, your wife or her family? My wife. Or? Me and my wife. Just oh, I'm a, sorry. a nice, long fight all goddamn day. I'm uh, sorry. It was completely my fault. And I was the complete instigator, and I was the complete asshole. I fucking hate Christmas. I hate waking up early. I hate presents. I hate the responsibility. I hate everything about Christmas. And so I just woke up in a bad mood. And then it just yeah. like per- snowballed all day. <laughs> it was quite horrible. Yeah. But that's pretty much every Christmas. Yeah, Well, you know, I, <laughs> I, I have to agree with you. Yeah. On that. Because like, with, with my job, I work. I, you know, I do data transcribing. I work seasonally. I'll, I'll work until June, July. 
I'll be off for a couple months. I'll, I'll get usually I get called in again in October, in November, and then I'm, I'm not working again end of November, December, and then I start went again in January. So December is when I'm the brokest, yeah. and that's when I'm supposed to spend a bunch of money to buy shit for people that they're not really going to want. Yeah. Who and, all do you buy gifts for? Oh, nobody. Actually, I don't buy any gifts for anyone anymore. In fact, I tell everybody, your gift to me is that I do not have to shop for you. <laughs> That's what I want. I want you to take whatever money you're going to spend on my gift and buy something nice for yourself. <laughs> and then put from Joel on it. <laughs> That's awesome. And, I, cause, and, and don't get me anything. Because I just... You know, it's... it's uh, if I see something that I think someone will like, I'll just buy it and give it to them. Like, uh, you know Nikita. You she comes to the comedy show. Nikita Blu-ray for... Yeah. We, when, when I first met her, she said her name was Nikita. Oh, oh, cool. Have you ever seen La Femme Nikita? And she started complaining about it. Everyone's always asking me about that TV show. And I was like, no. No. The movie that came out in the 80s. Have you ever seen La Femme Nikita? Huh? What's French, that? right? French? Yeah, French film. Uh, Luc Besson, one of his first movies. Yeah, he He's the guy that. who directed Fifth Element. Yeah. My mom um, loved the American remake, which is actually pretty shitty. Uh, no we Way Out, I think it was called. Uh, Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda, yeah. Gosh, yeah. so fucking Yeah, it was, it was not very good at all. <laughs> you know, the, the biggest... Well, anyway, so I bought, I bought the Blu-ray of that to, for Nikita because I thought she'd like it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if she's had a chance to watch it or not, but I think she'll like the movie if she ever gets a chance to. Oh, yeah, see, that's cool. Uh, but uh, you weren't obligated by a holiday. You just did it no. out of the goodness of your heart. I, I like her personally. She's she's a cool person, and she comes to the comedy shows a lot. Although she seemed really pissed about Jim Trino's act last night. I don't think she liked that much. But I probably shouldn't talk about. Her I don't think she was offended. Way. Probably just not her style. But what, what was in the act? Uh, Jim Trino is really dirty. Uh, you know, he talks about shaving his balls, and uh, um, uh, you know, it's it just it's just really really dirty and, and vulgar. Uh, it, I think he's funny, but I, I can very easily see... She's too young to be uptight, though. No, she's not... It, it, up, couldn't, it couldn't have been that. She's not uptight. I think it's just he has more of like an older style, and I uh, think she wasn't into that. Yeah, she's moving to Sacramento uh, next Thursday. That's uh, too bad. And she said she's going to fucking go and hang out at all the open mics and like the comedy shows out there. And when she said that, I was like, what the... Like, I thought you hung out with all of us because you thought we were, like, cool and we were all friends, but no, you're just going to go hang out with those other Sacramento comedians I got a little jealous, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, great. A chuckle fucker who doesn't fuck. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. She's going to kick my ass. I'll, I'll make sure she never finds out about the podcast. You're going you're gonna to give her a copy. Of it. <laughs> you know it. It's as soon as you see her, hey, you got to listen to this. Uh, yeah. It's JT Foreman. This is what Joel said. He said you fucked Jim Trino. <laughs> I did? Wait a second. No. I didn't say that. I, maybe I said she would, but I didn't say she did. Okay? There's a big difference between... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, by she's the way, a, actually, she's she's a, she's a chuckle friender. Chuckle friender. <laughs> yes, she's not a chuckle fucker. She's a chuckle friend. Or she may be a chuckle she's not tease. Actually, well, well, she's not she's not teasing. Okay. I mean, she she doesn't dress up with the boobs hanging out and all uh, skimpy. She she's wearing normal average clothes. Yeah. Uh, she's not like trying to tantalize or titillate anybody. Uh, uh, but you know, she's uh, she's a chuckle friender. 
Mm, chuckle for Oh, yes. by the way, Joel was on the show last night, and you fucking killed, man. You did great. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, uh, the handshake is not as audible as the high five. Yeah. High five again. There we go. <laughs> Wait, just before I went up, um, I was like, yeah, write a couple notes just so, just in case I forget something. I reach into my pocket, I pull out a piece of paper, and I find a shopping list. From when I went grocery Dude, shopping the hilarious. day before. That was funny. And it is, so I get up on stage and I pull it. Uh, hang on, let me check my notes. I pull out the piece of paper. Bananas, uh, <laughs> bananas, bread, uh, bananas, bread, egg. Uh, this is the wrong list. I put it back you couldn't remember those three was, things without writing it down. Uh, well, there was more than that on the list. <laughs> Actually, the fourth thing on the list was yogurt spelled wrong and crossed out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just put idiot in parentheses. Next <laughs> pretty, to much, it. pretty much. Um, but, uh, and then I showed it to the girl in the front row. I'm not lying, am I? She looks at, no, you're not. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, it's, I thought of that when I was sitting there waiting to go up. I pulled the paper out of my pocket and saw the list. And I was like, oh, this will be funny. Yeah. And it was. So I'm getting better about that. There, there was a time when I would sit there and I'd be waiting. And I'm like, oh, this will be funny. And it's not. And I go up and I open with that. And it's just, boom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and you know it's just like I'm stripping, ready to fuck, and it just flies up. Not, yeah. Nothing's happening here, and, but <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm getting a lot better about the about the the uh, the spur of the moment thing. I think of actually oh, being fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, that's and that's one of those things. You, like you know, like you were saying before, you can't teach that. It's got to develop on its own. Um, that was before we started recording the podcast. Um, Matt was saying that you can't teach someone to be funny. Well, yeah, what I was saying is with most things that people want to get good at, like baseball, you can teach someone the right way to swing a bat. Boxing, you teach someone the right techniques to box. You really can't teach someone how to be a comedian. Like, you can't teach them how to be creative and make their own jokes. You can't teach them how to be comfortable on stage. You can't teach them how to, you know, trust themselves and be, like, spur of the moment funny. Can't teach it. You have to do it yourself and figure it out yourself. So anyone who starts comedy is going to suck. I've never seen anyone who's a 100% natural. Yeah. Maybe natural at one or two aspects, but nobody who's just like all around natural. Well, Gabriel Francisco. Um, uh, this is going to sound like I'm talking shit about him. I don't mean it that way. He's a great performer. I, I, and you know, he, I think he said he did improv or something before. Oh, and he's a musician, and he's yeah. been in band. He's a musician, he's been in band. So he's clearly very comfortable on stage. But that didn't just happen. I mean, that happened over the yeah. course of, mm-hmm. of doing a lot of stuff. But it, it, his comedy, he does a lot of impressions. And some of them I like, and some they don't. Like um, the... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. The, the Adam Sandler one, there's no point to it. Um, well, here, here's The Back to the Future, mm-hmm. there's a point to it. Here's my... And so I don't, I don't really like the Adam Sandler one, just because, not because his impersonation is on, mm-hmm. but there's no, there's no joke there. It's just, okay, I'm going to do Adam Sandler's voice saying something Adam Sandler would he's say. He's very new. This is my feelings. Uh, with comedy, there's the persona, the delivery, and the material. Yeah. You know, I think you told it to me once. You say something that's funny, it's funny because you said it, or it's funny because of the way you said it. Mm. And I think for him, delivery, he's awesome at it. Oh, he's yeah, a natural with delivery. Yeah. Material and persona; those are the things he's need. He's going to grow with uh, yeah. as he keeps going. What was the third impression he did? He he starts off with Adam Sandler. He usually does Marty and McFly, and then what? What was the next one he did? Mark Wahlberg. No, well, uh, Mark Wahlberg is at the same time as Marty McFly. 
Um, well, actually, I think the Mark Wahlberg. Black, was, he does that Jack Black thing in a like a '90s song thing. Yeah, the the that was that's good. He he came up with something of his own, and he just did it with as Jack Black. Uh, the Mark Wahlberg thing with the uh, kindergarten um, teacher. Yeah, he's got the body of an action star, but he's got the voice of a kindergarten teacher. That that impr- it, it, that I really like. Now, his Adam Sandler impression is good. It, it's really good. I just I don't like the the um, I'm not real. I, I won't say I don't like because I do like it. I'm just not real impressed with the with the joke that he does with. But well, he's incredibly new. I think he's done like less than. 20 well, yeah, shows, like so. I said, I, I don't. Yeah, I I, I know. He, like I said, it's going to sound like I'm talking shit about. No, him. I don't. I don't mean it that not, way. Yeah. I I and I can see he's gonna he's. He's good already. He's going to be great. He has all the potential in the world. If he oh, works yeah. hard and keeps going up, he'll... Yeah, but uh, I, I would I would look for something else to do with the Adam Sandler impersonation. Though. Yeah, because I would want to keep that impersonation because it's a really good impersonation. You recognize who he's doing right away. I, I don't remember who it was, but someone said that the great thing about impersonations is you take other people's love of this character that you're doing and... Uh, Put that. Uh, put yourself into that. It's like it's how much people like Adam Sandler. He's stealing a piece of that when he does an Adam Sandler impersonation. And and mm-hmm. so that's that's yeah, why impersonations when, work. Yeah, when people hear it, and that's why everyone does Jack Nicholson. All the Adam Sandler movies they yeah. love, and they're thinking about being a kid and how much they like Adam Sandler. So automatically, it just they're happy. Yeah, yeah. 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 But. Uh, I, I need to get Gabriel on the show so he can talk shit about me next. No, I, I'll try to get him on next episode. We're not talking <laughs> shit at all. I just think all it is is his natural delivery, yeah, material, yeah. and persona. Those are the things he'll grow at as he keeps going. Well, you know, when I originally started doing this podcast, I wanted it to be about the Fresno comedy scene. So this is this is the kind of conversation I, I should have yeah. been having this whole time. Uh, I shouldn't have been talking about my childhood and all that. No, bullshit. that stuff's great. When people <laughs> but, listen to a podcast, they want to. It's basically you connect with this person. They almost yeah. become like your friend who's there talking to you while you're at work or jogging or driving in traffic and stuff. I want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I want friends. I want people to be my I want you to friend me on fa- Facebook so I can look through your photos for something to masturbate to. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, come on. I'm not, oh. Yeah. Like, oh. I'm the first person who's ever thought of that. No, right? I'm just oh. saying, who masturbates to pictures anymore? Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> My sister's cuter than yours. <laughs> There's a specific photo that that was the uh, caption that she put up on it, and she took the photo down. <laughs> it's not there anymore. <laughs> I should have. I should have. I should have saved it. I should. I should have saved it when I had a chance. Her and her sister in bikinis, freaking gorgeous. Who? Who is this? Probably shouldn't, uh, but I'm. <laughs> I don't know. Should I should I say this person's name? She took the photo down. Well, I don't know. But see, I have also just admitted that I masturbated to this picture. <laughs> I know you're friends with that one like webcam girl. I always see you like yeah. tagged in her posts. You stuff. know, I actually I sent her uh, a message on Facebook. She's ridiculously hot, like a Please perfect ten. R- stop tagging me in your photos. And she hasn't. I haven't seen her. I haven't seen a photo with with me tagged in it since then. Really? Yeah. So she she actually did stop it's a, taking it's a way phone. to promote her like webcam business and yeah. stuff cause and you know like, that, that's uh, okay go mm-hmm. go for it you know promote your webcam but don't tag me as in your well, photo what happens is when she tags I wish I had a body like that oh shit 
I would be a lesbian in a second if I had if I were a chick that hot. Well, when she tags it, all your friends see it. So then, yeah. some of your friends might add her. And yeah, yeah, that's true. I and mean, that's why yeah, that's why no one should ever friend their parents or their grandparents. Pay her to strip yeah. on the web. And <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm, I I would never pay for that because mm-hmm. like. I once looked at, uh, you know, I was looking through, uh, the old, back when they actually still had paper magazines. You remember those? Yeah. In the back of a Hustler, right. there's these ads for phone sex. And I'm looking at the price, it's like four ninety five a minute. And I'm thinking, you know, half an hour, a hooker would be cheaper. Yeah. Strip club would be cheaper. Yeah. You know, I, I, and then I don't have to. I don't have to jerk mm-hmm. myself off. Someone else does it. For Hooters me. is way cheaper. I, I can get. I can get a, someone else to do the hand job and a, and a massage for less than it costs to talk to this girl for half an hour that probably does not look like this picture. Yeah. You know, I, I phone sex seems ridiculous to me, uh, just for that reason. But you know what? I did see one time in. Uh, I was in a porn shop. I don't remember where, and they had uh, cassette tapes. Of recordings of phone sex. Well, uh, you know, a, a woman just on there talking about oh. the things she's going to do to you. Oh. And, and the things wow. she wants you to do to her. And mm. I, 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 I didn't buy them because I had just replaced my cassette player with a DVD player. So, that CD would probably player. be hilarious and, and, and to, like, more. incorporate <laughs> into a stand-up set. Well, see, the, I, I've... Um, if you're having trouble staying awake on a long drive, <laughs> playing with yourself will keep you awake, but just don't let yourself come. Then you're just then down. you're going down. Just you're going, going, off, the <laughs> you're going off the cliff after that. <laughs> it's just it's just bring yourself to the edge and then and then and then taper it tantric, off. Don't don't let yourself finish. Tantric road yeah, the, 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 yeah, trip. Yeah, tantric road trip. That sounds like an awesome album. The tantric road trip. Holy crap! That's tantric road trip. We're we're starting a band right now. It's called tantric road. Tantric trip. road trip. Yeah, I'll be the vocalist, but I don't sing. I just have phone sex with the audience. Yes, that's a great gig. And then you play guitar. Yeah. And you play the bongos. <laughs> I do play the bongos. Oh, I thought you meant smacking on my decibels. Okay, no, I don't play oh, the bongos. <laughs> no, we'll just do like a really confusing act. Like, I'll play like heavy metal songs while you do phone sex operation, and Joel do stand up in the background. They're telling jokes about yeah. <laughs> telling jokes about black people having bigger penises. I'm wearing than a me. black hoodie with no shirt underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm sliding the black hoodie off. Now. <laughs> oh, it's cold. I'm putting it back on. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Ooh, I have a third nipple. What? <laughs> this phone sex got really weird all yeah. of a sudden. I have a clit on my penis. Clit <laughs> on my penis. No, it's just a genital wart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, uh, people getting shot. Oh yes, <laughs> that's my segue. So people getting shot. Uh, well, first let's talk about. Uh, well, in the time since the well, last time we did one? this podcast, there's been, a lot of them. There's been at least a dozen shootings. Yeah, oh. There's been a dozen shootings in Fresno since the last time we a podcast. Uh, uh, famous ones, though. I mean, uh, what? Okay, in France recently. Yes, yesterday. Uh, yeah, yesterday. Thank you. They um, some Muslim terrorists went into a uh, a parody newspaper's 
or parody magazine's offices and killed a bunch of people. Um, my theory is that they are intentionally trying to provoke an overreaction from the French people and government in order to rile up the Muslim pop- population of France. Well, because Europe's yeah. Muslim population is basically has a similar attitude to uh, most of America's um, Christian population. I don't give a shit. I, I gotta I gotta make a living. You know, I'll, I'll I'll go to church if I feel like. Is it Christmas? Is it Easter? Yeah. I, I'm too busy for church then. Yeah. You know that because that's the, that's the most American Christians are like that. Yeah. It's. It's a it's a social thing more than a religious thing anymore. People, yeah. mm-hmm. pe- most of the people mm-hmm. going to church seem to be going because that's the church that their parents went to and took them to. Yeah. Well, and the like, funniest well, thing is when you go on stage and say something anti-religion, and there's some guy in the crowd who's like, "Fuck you, man! I fucking love Jesus." While he's drinking beer and probably like snorting cocaine in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. and cheating on his wife, and it's like you're so full of shit. If you yeah. love Jesus, you wouldn't be heckling. And using swear words yeah. right now. If you love Jesus, what are you doing here? You're <laughs> yeah. not allowed to have fun. Yeah. Well, the uh, the weird thing is, is that the the particular style of magazine was like a lampoon style magazine, like a Mad TV style, or the Onion, or, or the something, Onion or something like that. Like really nothing close to politically motivated, whatever. Just complete satirical comedy. Nothing. So they weren't even political satire comedy. I mean, it was politically themed, but in the same way that like Mad TV is politically themed. Okay. But like, I wouldn't call Mad TV a political comedy. It wasn't like The Daily Show or something. No, no, no. no. Like The Daily Show is political commentary. Mad TV is political satire. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's more. It was really offensive political satire. Like it had like, you know, Muhammad getting fucking ass ringed by Penguin, like weird shit like that. But it wasn't anything... Uh... I want to get a subscription to their magazine now, but yeah. there's nobody left to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. If I wish I'd have known about it, of course I don't speak French, so I wouldn't understand yeah. what was in there anyway. The other thing is, is that uh, we know that the guys that attacked the uh, magazine weren't... Uh, they weren't from out of France. They were French citizens. Hmm. Uh, so they're talking about now... Kind yeah. of like the Boston shooting type thing. Well, the Boston, the Boston bombers, they had left uh, America for a time. They were from Yemen, then moved to America, then went back to Yemen, then came back to America, and that's when they committed the bombing. So they weren't nationalists from here. These two guys are nationalist French. They've never left France. They're completely homegrown domestic Muslim terrorists. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's one of the it's reasons that, that I think yeah. they're just trying to rile up. Uh, they're they're trying to get an overreaction from the French government yeah. in order to rile up the Muslim population, is because they kind of have a hard time recruiting French people, yeah. uh, French Muslims to to do terrorist shit, because French citizen Muslims don't want to blow up their own country. Yeah, they got to live there. So France just seems awesome. Like I think they work like twenty five hours a week, and they get like a whole month off out of the year. Yeah, but their parliamentary is full of Nazis. That's not good. Mm. (laughs) Their parliament is legitimately has Nazi members in it. Yeah, but they're lazy Nazis. Yeah, they're they're trying to be like, uh, you know what? We're not going to kill the Jews, but I'm not buying diamonds from them anymore. (laughs) Yeah, the the thing that gets me, uh, I cannot believe that there's legitimate Nazi political parties still exist in different areas. In Germany, it's like really building steam again, isn't it? Well, no, that's Greece. 
in Greece, there is a large Nazi party yeah. that uh, openly waves a swastika and is uh, oh, holds many seats in the parliament. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand that either. I mean, that would be like got to translate Schindler's List into Greek. Well, I yeah, mean, no, right. <laughs> that would be like why brand yourself that? Like you, you can be a fascist ideology, but why would you brand yourself that something you know that antagonistic? Well, I mean, it would it would be like any. Um, well, I don't know. I, I if if they were changed in some well, like for instance, uh, it was the Republican Party that that Lincoln that freed the slaves. Yeah, they kind of yeah. switched. Did wasn't they, liberal, yeah, they did kind of switch the though. That's this one that happened mm-hmm. in in the um, in the sixties after the Democrats forced passage of the. Um, uh, can't believe my mind is going to the Civil Rights Act, and then mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, Johnson even said we lost the South for a generation, and he was wrong. They lost the South for a lot more than one generation. Yeah, and so yeah, they they kind of switched sides. Yeah, you know th- this is not not the Republican Party of Lincoln or or uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Definitely, well, the the Democratic Party is origins is the Jeffersonian Party, is yeah. the party of Jefferson. And they were radicalists. Jefferson, Jefferson was a radicalist. He was as militant guerrilla revolutionary as Che Guevara was. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson wanted the U.S. to fully back the French Revolution and attack Britain and then incur a British Revolution. Yeah. Have like a, a naval attack on England at the same time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he his idea was this colonial era Western European... Uh, I was going to spread. It wasn't just the, the colonies. It was going to start in the colonies, and then when it moved to France, it, he was going to start, that was the foothold in Europe, and it was going to spread throughout all of Western Europe, and we were going to be this gigantic dem- democratic uh, confederation of nation-states. Mm-hmm. And this was Jefferson's big idea for the grand scheme. What fucked him over was Adams. Adams was the original Republican. The isolationist? He was the isolationist. He didn't want to... He wanted a militant nationalist government. He wanted a navy. He wanted an army. And he did not want to be at war with Britain. Because if he went to war with Britain, he couldn't have... He couldn't maintain the type of income it would take to maintain not only a defensive force, but an offensive force. Jefferson just wanted to dump money into the French Revolution. Fucking go for it. And go for it. And it, I mean, this is stuff that like Che Guevara taught, based yeah. his revolution on, mm. and that's the original Democrat. Yeah. So uh, the idea of these these source political parties, I mean, the modern Christian Republican Party has no source in the founding fathers. There's yeah. nothing. There's no groups yeah. that were like that. The Puritans were the closest thing to them, and they did not participate in it's, the political in the, uh, the it, political process. It yeah. seems more than the actual parties. It's like. The idea of conservative and progressive are the two things that are like a yeah. constant, but they switch. They've switched between yeah. the two. Yeah. Well, the the, uh, the Republican Party, uh, the modern Republican Party, is just shit at war. Yeah, they're just no good at it. I mean, you look at all of the wars that the United States has been in in, in the last century. Every time we won, it was a Democrat who was in charge. Yeah, uh, World War One, Wilson. World War Two, uh, FDR, and then you get to Korea. And it, it kind of a draw. It wasn't ever really fought. Yeah. Um, then Vietnam ends with Nixon. You know, it, uh, 
Johnson was dumb enough to escalate it, but and but then uh, he he was a Southern Democrat. Yeah, you know. Then uh, Nixon was as president at the end. Lose, and then uh, I I don't even know what happened with. Uh, um, Gulf War. Well, the the first Gulf War was the first time I've seen a Republican president be smart. Because it, it it was funny. I was watching an interview with Dick Cheney. He was Secretary of Defense at the time of the first Gulf War, and they were asking, "Well, why don't we go into Iraq and get rid of Saddam Hussein?" And he listed all of the reasons why they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay, we go in there, and then. What then? You know, now we have to try to rebuild this entire country, yeah. and and you know, end up having to deal with warlords and stuff. Warlords, and you know, it, it, we can win a war. There's no way to deal with the peace. Yeah, you know what? The, the greatest thing I've, we've learned in these last, I, I sort of last twenty years of human civilization, is the dire consequences of destabilized central power structures. Yeah. We destabilized the Colombian cartels in the early 90s and have led to these savage, brutal Mexican drug wars that are a direct result of the power vacuum that was left. Mm-hmm. The destabilization in the Middle East right now is a direct result that there isn't the Iron Man of Iraq around anymore. Yeah. To keep that everyone's the, afraid of. Yeah, to keep the Saudis in, in check. Yeah, and so the Saudis are, are yeah. pouring all kinds of money into their in the military, into yeah. into all kinds of different revolutionary groups all over. They're they're they've vastly increased the amount of their special forces yeah. that that they're in, out sending out and, and assassinating and and sending to be advisors in 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 uh, you know, groups in in like uh, yeah. um, Jordan and, and uh, um, it's. The the boogeyman everyone afraid of is gone. Yeah, and so we can either create a new boogeyman, which they were trying real hard to do. They're trying real hard to do that with uh, with Iran, but well, the problem with Iran is that yeah. they don't have one guy up front who's in charge all the time. The the uh, the the Ayatollah he's behind the scenes. He doesn't he doesn't have a public face like Saddam Hussein did. Now he's true. He's the guy. He's the yeah. power behind the throne. He's really running things. But he's got a president who's elected that's going to be gone in four to eight years. Well, he also he didn't have tanks and mustard gas. Yeah, like Saddam Hussein, for the terrible, horrible warlord that he was, was an authority figure. Yeah, and we're, we've seen this 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 lesson in history recur over and over again. You get these savage dictators that rule this large region of territory with an iron fist. And as soon as that person's gone, that territory goes into brutal exile, war, treason, yeah. violations of every type of uh, fundamental yeah. vestige of civilization. These places yeah. break down completely. And Alexander the Great, as soon as he died, yeah. the empire created one of the biggest empires ever, maybe the biggest empire ever. As soon as he died, fell apart completely. Yeah, you know, just all kinds of, of different examples in history when. Anyway, uh, I I don't even remember how we got on that subject. Oh yeah, French people shooting each other. That's right. Uh, French Muslims shooting other French people. Um, Okay, so I I I am gonna I do want to check out that uh, that magazine now. 
I, I'd never even heard of it. Uh, what, what was the name of it? Charlie Hobo? Hobo? Char- H- Hobo? or Hoken? Oh, it's, it's not an American word. It's Charlie something not an American word. It's like H-O-D-B-O, I think. Mm, okay. I'm, I'm Hodobo or something like that. I'm going to have to look online for, for the magazine see if there's any English translations of it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious now. Um, so, the... Uh, Did you stop doing the breaks on the show? Uh, yeah, I'm being lazy, I guess, yeah. No, it's I, fine. Yeah. I should, I really should, but uh, actually right now would be a great time for a break. Because uh, we're, we're at 40, 44 uh, minutes. We'll go wee wee. Alright, uh, go ahead, let's see. I hope I do this right. I'm going to try to pause. Hooray, we're back. Hello. Hello. Okay, so uh, Matt went wee wee and uh, Colton uh, stepped outside for... For uh, a cigarette, yes. and now we're back. Um, I'm, why would a person smoke pot and cigarettes? Uh, because I... <clears throat> a cigarette is a, an addiction. The okay. pot is because I want to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying that cigarettes are worse than marijuana. Yeah, yeah. I, I fully plan on uh, quitting uh, pretty soon here. I have a friend of mine that uh, owns a vapor shop. Yeah, he's gonna hook me up with this really high end oh, vapor. Those guy. are lovely. They smell so good. Yeah, and uh, that'll be my mechanism for quitting. So I'm just waiting for that to awesome. come in. Yeah, Kevin Tinkin recently quit the clothes and switched to the vapor. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I I've never under um, understood. Well, how can people afford cigarettes anymore? Unless you're a millionaire. I mean, you know, I hear p- about people with the Three hundred dollar day cocaine habits. I, I don't understand that either. Who's got that kind of money lying around? You know, a thousand dollar day coke habits. That when uh, you know when the don't do drugs commercials were all over the TV during the eighties, I would see that on on the on, on a lot. It's like I had a thousand dollar day cocaine habit, and I'm like, you have a thousand dollars a day to spend the, on anything. The, the addiction will turn you into an amazing accountant. You'll find a way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, maybe we need to get everyone at the Treasury Department. Well, I can tell you that. Snorting Coke. From experience, that $1,000 worth of Coke in your system every single day, you might last one day. Yeah, there's no. That seems like a lot of cocaine. It does. It's a fuckload of cocaine. Okay. You know, I've, I've always said that if I would ever win the lottery, I would build a house next door to the Bunny Ranch. And, yeah. You know, you've heard of people with $1,000 a day cocaine habits. I would have a thousand dollar day pussy habit. <laughs> I'd be, I just like have a daily order coming. It'd be like the mil- the milkman would drop off a gallon of milk in a hooker. Well, yeah, I, I, <laughs> and then he'd come around the next day, pick up the empties, yeah. <laughs> drop off the empties, drop pick up the yeah. empty milk bottle and the full yeah. the full prostitute. Yeah, then <laughs> <laughs> drop off an empty one. And the you. liquids are the same color too. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, two hundred dollars a day in coke would be hard to live on. Uh-huh. It would be you would be redlining your system every single day. Yeah, it's very high beats per minute on your heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like a house concert in your chest. This, yeah, <laughs> and there, there was this movie uh, came out in the eighties that Robert Downey Jr. was in, and he ODs at the end of the. But that one scene where they're at a party, these girls are standing around, and one girl her nose just starts bleeding yeah. all of a sudden, and. Uh, one of the other girls standing there made a comment about, "Oh, are you holding or something like that?" Yeah. Uh, but I, I, uh, I, I, I've smoked pot on two occasions and, and, and then wasn't impressed. But 
Everything else is just so expensive, or you can clearly see how dam- damaging it is because you see pictures of people who are doing it. Yeah. You know, it, there's no movies like Reefer Madness out about meth, but that's the one <laughs> well, that could do. Yeah, uh, and then there's like Wreck Room for a Dream for heroin. One, one, of the worst, mm-hmm. one of the worst things that the drug war has done is somehow put some sort of imaginary association between pot and meth. Yeah. yeah. They're somehow they're related in any way what's shape it's or form. It's as different yeah. as caffeine and coke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's they're they're yeah. not I mean they're both considered drugs, but they're the difference between yeah. you know meth and pot is the difference between, like you said, fucking coke and caffeine. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well you know the the uh, um uh, the, the little ice milk cup with the wooden spoon yeah. and Hagen dazs are also both considered ice cream. Yeah, yeah. But they're nothing to do with each other. Yeah, you know. So it, it, it I, I don't know how these kind. Of, well, I mean, these include these kinds of things end up getting connected because somebody wants to eliminate something. You know, yeah. the, you, I'm sure you guys have heard the stories about. Oh well, William Randolph Hearst had this huge wood industry, yeah, and he didn't want hemp paper putting him out of business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so he got marijuana band mm-hmm. and they did it by saying oh well black people like this so we got to get rid of it yeah the rape white uh, women to <laughs> makes black people rape white women yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that uh, was the major public concern 1934 yeah yeah because yeah, they didn't have anything more important to deal with at the time <laughs> like the rise of Nazism or the Great Depression yeah. oh no let's let's fuck with pot because we're afraid, afraid that black people might get their dick wet yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, at the time, black people having sex with white women at all was considered rape. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> there was, at the time, it was unthinkable that a white woman would submit to having sex in a consensual way with a black man. The only way that would ever happen. And, like, it's just so funny. Of course, it's it's white men. Yeah, white men. I don't like, understand yeah. Yeah. why. Uh, oh, look at that brown honey over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I don't know a white woman would ever. Yeah. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Out of control. Where was that? Oh, yeah. No white woman would ever consent <laughs> to engage with Courtney Curtis with... With a, a dark man, but oh, look at that uh, brown honey yeah. over there. <laughs> Wait, did you see Rosewood? No, I did not. Oh, uh, there's a scene in the beginning of it when um, the uh, the the white dude who owns the store that's in the black town. They're like two small southern towns near each other, and uh, the white dude who owns the general store that's in the black town is, a, of course, he's he's fucking one of the women that works for him. And her older brother comes in to shop, and he, he's just got this pissed off look on his face. But you know, there's really nothing he can do about it because he knows he'll get lynched yeah. if he does. And but and then of course it ends up happening anyways. But uh, the the whole thing later on, the the owner of that white the the white guy who owned that store was trying to sort of half-heartedly get the mob to stop, but. He he had to protect himself by saying, "Oh, you're you're killing all my customers," like that's the reason you know. Yeah. He, he's he's still afraid to say no. You shouldn't be killing people because <laughs> it's wrong. Yeah. But I don't know where that came from. It's fine. See Rosewood? No, I don't know what that is. Uh, what was what was the dude in it? The um. 
It was uh, was it was it Don Cheadle? And uh, the the guy who just gotten back from World War One, it was a, he was a soldier who fought in World War One. He just gotten back and he bought bought some land in town co- to open a farm. What about you? What uh, you talking about? <laughs> oh, you didn't see Rosewood? I just said, yeah, no, I have not seen Rosewood. Okay. All right, never mind. Forget it. I'll, I'll, I'll cut all that out. I'm not gonna cut it out. I'm too lazy to edit. Jesus. <laughs> Go see Rosewood. It was a good movie. Anyway, um, uh, so. Anything else you guys want to? Yeah, I did want to talk about um, the on Sunday, January fourth. I did a show, and I got. I've actually only done three official shows as a comedian, and I've been doing it for one year now. So it was almost all the vast majority was open mics, and in the year uh, January fourth, that was my hundred and fifth set. I keep track. People make fun of me for that. But cool. I do. No, actually, I kind of <laughs> wish I had to. And uh, that was the first time I got to do 20 minutes. And I did all the my favorite jokes from my first year. It's basically a whole year's worth of work put into that one show. Yeah, it was Sunday night at the Tulare show in in Tulare. Um, Halfie's uh, Bar. Halfie's Bar. Uh, show's in the basement of a, a bar that's in a basement in downtown Tulare. Um, what is the name of the guy who puts that show on? Jeff, Jeremiah Nation and Jeremiah Jeff Wallace. Jeremiah Nation and Jeff Wallace, yeah. In Tulare. Yes. And I love Tulare, like all the Tulare and Visalia comedians are awesome, good friends with all of them, so I feel really comfortable in that room, and I feel like it went really well. It did. You were great. And yeah, I basically wanted to and, get and your I, thoughts I saw on a number show. of, I, 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 you did a few jokes there that I had never seen before, but uh, yeah, you did, you did really, really great. Um, you, that's, you know, it, I don't mean this as a backhanded compliment, but even saying it, it sounds like one, but that was the best show I've seen you do. Um, it was absolutely the best set I've had so far. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, you 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 were awesome. You uh, you know you've been doing comedy about a year, and uh, um, it just as we're we're talking about this earlier, everyone sucks when they first started. I did, you did, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you you have uh, you have improved very quickly uh, compared to most, faster than I did. Oh, so, thank you so much, man. Uh, you know, I I think it was it was at least two years. Before I started getting to the point where I pretty consistently had a good set, um, and you uh, you've gotten to that to you got to that point a lot quicker than I did, and it was certainly more than two years before anyone let me do twenty minutes. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I worked really hard for it, and um, I made for my New Year's resolution. I want to have an hour by the end of the year. So I think right now I have a pretty good twenty minutes. By the end of the year, I want to have a pretty good hour. Okay, so as of right now, we're going to start planning the Matt Amos New Year's show. Oh, okay. New Year's Eve comedy show starring Matt Amos. Yes, headlining one hour. You're, you're gonna you're gonna do an hour show, uh, Jan- uh, December thirty first at the end of this year. We're we're gonna start planning now. We got to figure out what what venue we want to do it in. But uh, your 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 headlining show the end of this year. It'll be. Just barely before your two-year anniversary. But. Awesome. Yes, okay. that would be awesome. Okay, start start writing. But basically, yeah, what, what I said after that show was I'm not going to do that material for a little while and really focus on writing new material to get, you know, kick off the year and start getting... That, that's hard. It is a bitch. And even, you get up on stage and... I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. well, I had this great set on uh, Sunday. Then Monday, I go to the open mic, all new stuff, and it was... 
a mediocre set. I don't know, 5.5 or 6 out of 10, yeah. I would say. And, but it's because it's all new, but I think that's good. I think if you never bomb and you're just always doing great, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. I think you have to go out on a limb with new stuff, weird stuff, and try it and fail or succeed a lot if you want to get you know get going and get better. So like the like the the stuff that I started with on Monday, I kind of I kind of scared some people that night. Oh, with the thing about trying to fuck everyone and stuff. Uh, well, uh, I, I was talking about uh, you know I broke up with my girlfriend and I'm mm-hmm. single and I'm supposed to start dating now, uh, but. People usually date within their social circle, and what is my social circle? And looking at the audience there, it's basically you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I do? I go to stand-up comedy shows. Everybody, almost everyone at all these shows is 20 years younger than me. Uh, so the only way I have any hope of a date is if some of you ladies have some severe daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... Uh, 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 I, the, the line, I still think it's funny... Was it basically? I have to hope that your father raped you. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> because if your father raped you, then I don't have to. <laughs> oh boy, oh Joel, <laughs> oh Joel. But oh, yeah, Joel. I, I could see the uh, temptation because I know some people they get stuck with they find some stuff that works and they keep going yeah, with it yeah. and burn it into the ground. And honestly, this is something that just came to me because I always hear you need to do jokes over and over again to get them good. I also think you need to not do jokes too many times because yes. you can tell when someone's bored of their jokes because yeah. they've said it a hundred times. And I don't the set I did on Sunday, I like and I don't want to get bored of those jokes. I want them to stay exciting to me. Well, you need, you need to do a joke on over and over mm-hmm. until you've got it right. Okay, this is how I want this joke because it, very rarely do I think of a bit, uh, I think of a joke, and absolutely okay, this is how it's going to be, and then I never have to change anything. I, I always end up moving things around or putting it with other jokes yeah. in a certain order. And no, but once you have it, where okay, oh this this is good. Okay, now you need to stop doing that so much at open mics. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. pull it out once in a while yeah. just to keep, keep yourself it as in your practice. Secret weapon. Mm-hmm. But now that is for when you're doing a 20 minute mm-hmm. set. Yeah. That's what, now you've got that good. Now when you're getting booked to do a longer set, that's when you pull that stuff out. The open mic is not an open mic is not there for you to entertain the audience. It's not there for you to kill. It's there for you to practice. <laughs> yeah. And to test new material and figure out the right way to do it. And that's why they're usually free, and at the most you might pay five bucks to get into an open mic. If people are going to an open mic expecting, I'm going to be absolutely entertained by everyone who shows up. Well, you know, the shows where that's going to happen, you're going to pay $20 for the ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's when you go see the Friday night show, Friday and Saturday night shows that Danny and Philip Medina put on at uh, Mother Mary's, mm-hmm. you know, where they paid a guy 500 bucks to come into town mm-hmm. because that guy's a professional. He's going to put on the <coughs> one I've ever seen him before because he's not, he's not from here and he may probably not on TV so much. Um, if you're paying uh, $5 or getting into a comedy show for free and you're pissed off that not everyone was absolutely hilarious, what, what do you think? When are people ever going to get good at this? Yeah, if they don't have a place to practice, and you can't practice at home. You know, you, you didn't. You're not going to pay to listen to uh, Yo-Yo Ma the first time he picks up that instrument and plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're going to pay through the nose 
once he's been doing it 30 years and he's world famous and uh, he's a violin player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so, yeah, it's... But like what I was saying is uh, I could definitely see the temptation or it's like I could go up now and I could probably do well with my material that works. Yeah. But then it's... But then I won't have that hour by the end of the year. Yes. But, you know, and, and, and you're like, well, I'm, I'm really insecure and I need, I need love and I want everyone to like me and uh, I need a hug and I can't get a physical one, but I can get an, I can get an applause hug. From yeah, yeah, yeah. If I just tell these jokes that I know will work and are no risk. Well, another thing, too, is, yeah, like what you were saying before. But, yeah, you'll, you'll get bored of your, your own jokes. Oh, yeah. And the audience can tell. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, every joke that I did on Sunday, they all started as something completely different. Yeah. And they change as you do them and you figure out, like, you know, yeah. add to them and change them and stuff like that. Basically, I just wanted Joel to tell me he liked my set, so thank you. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> That's basically all that was about. And, uh, and I'm now your manager, apparently. Oh, awesome. And uh, <laughs> promoting a show that you're doing. Maybe, uh, maybe, everyone, sh- uh, maybe it should be 45 minutes. A headliner can only do 45. Consider right? this your save the date for his New Year's Eve show. Everyone out there listening. And I'm actually looking at my recorder for some reason. I don't... It, it's you're not talking, like you can see me. You're talking to the universe out there. I'm ta- yes, I'm talking to the universe. Maybe I should be looking up at the sky. Okay, everybody. Uh, say, uh, New Year's Eve. It, be in Fresno. Uh, I know you live in Hoboken, New Jersey, but be in Fresno. <laughs> and yeah, you're going to come and see Matt Amos. Uh, uh, kick some ass comedically at, uh, at a comedy show on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm going to have to start looking for a venue now. <laughs> and uh, So what are you, you're going to host? Are you going to feature? Or? I'll host. I'll host okay. the show. Awesome. And, uh, awesome. Awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll have to decide who we want to open and feature, but we'll, 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 we'll figure that out later. But yes, you're going to headline. I'm thinking Louis C.K. Uh, <laughs> you know, we need, we need someone good. Yeah. We, need someone, we need someone on your level. Because uh, you know, we don't want the audience to be like, oh, get off the stage, you suck. The whole time. So, you know, we, we, need, to, we need to aim higher than that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we got we to gotta shoot for more than that. <laughs> um, well, we're, uh, we're just past an hour. Uh, got anything else you guys want to talk about for well, you? Well, tell everyone, let's tell everyone all the open mics in town. Okay. Actually, you know, some have closed, others have opened. Um, Monday nights at Grog's at Willow and Knees. Uh, show starts at 9 o'clock. If you want to perform, get there at 8.30 to sign up. Talk to Blake Hayden. Uh, you'll see him there. Um, Tuesday nights at Audie's Olympic. Uh, 10? 10? Is that right? Yeah, 10. Get there at 9.30 to sign up. Mm-hmm. And that is a comedy and music open mic. $2 beers. The crowd is ruthless. They talk. They don't listen. So yeah. There will be a, 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 a small like horseshoe-shaped set of couches and chairs in the front. And those people will be listening. But they will heckle you. And everyone behind them will be just loudly talking amongst themselves. And the better you do, and the louder those people up front laugh, the louder the people behind them will talk to try to drown you out. So it's a brutal mic, but if you need to get up and if you got the, the balls, go there. Yeah. And it's also a music and it's just mm-hmm. every kind of open mic. It's not, not just comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Wednesday nights, uh, now at uh, the Waka Waka Show at the New Zenwalk Fusion, it is at Palman Herndon. Uh, Palman Herndon. Uh, when you get to the intersection of Palm and Herndon, there's 
a giant building on one corner that says American Arbitration Association. It's in the shopping center behind that. Uh, I believe it's the southwest corner. Uh, but And that show starts at 9 o'clock. Uh, if you want to perform, get there at uh, 8.30 to sign up. Um, is it five bucks for that one? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the other two are free. Comedians get to go in free. Comedians get, yes. Comedians get to go in free. Um, the... Uh, that's that's open mic for the first half an hour, half an hour, and then there's a feature show that Danny hires some comedians and some people, some local comics will do ten minute sets, and a, a headliner he hired will do forty five. Um, the Thursday night at Mother Mary's, also done by Danny Minch, uh, exact same uh, format. Uh, the, the open mic starts at nine o'clock. Get there at eight thirty to sign up. The open mic will go for half an hour. And then he will put uh, put on the feature show, uh, and that's five bucks. Um, and uh, Sunday nights, Sundays at to Larry at to Larry the Happy's Bar. Yes, sorry. Um, that one starts at nine. Uh, nine oh. starts at nine o'clock. Yes, nine. Uh, I believe that one. The open mic is free. Open mic is free every the end of every month. They have a showcase yeah. that's just five bucks. Yeah. The open mic it's it's a good place to do comedy. You get a whole ten minutes. And uh, yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. Okay, so and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all the open mics. So we're going pretty strong tour. right now. For a little while, we had a bit of a dry spell, but right now we're doing pretty good. Yeah. So uh, uh, you know, and if you get there, um, I'm JT Foreman. Come up, say hi to me. Uh, say hi to Matt. Um, oh, also, and on January 31st, I'm doing Danny's uh, opening at Danny's Mother Mary show. Oh, cool. And uh, who's headlining now? That one. I don't know. I'm not sure if he's gotten the headliner yet. And uh, on um, actually on January 23rd and 24th, I'm renting my PA system to Philip Medina, who's putting on shows at at Mother Mary's. Uh, you gonna do sets? I I don't know. I haven't uh, talked to him about that. Maybe maybe not. But he's paying me to rent my PA system. So it's, you know, I, I've made more money renting my PA system to people for comedy shows <laughs> That's awesome. than I have actually. Have you recouped the uh, the money it cost to buy them? Yeah, barely. Oh, awesome. But, uh, you know, I, actually, I've been thinking about that because uh, um, I've had a couple of restaurant managers ask me for my card because, well, you know, we have events in our banquet room every once in a while and people ask about if we, we know someone with a PA system. So let me have a couple of your cards to give out. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go start going around to restaurants that have banquet rooms and, <coughs> and giving the manager cards <laughs> and saying if you need someone to... Needs a PA system to give me a call. Yeah, and so oh, awesome, know, who knows? Yeah. My I may end up being the uh, <laughs> the PA system tycoon of Fresno. There you go, brother. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> but uh, oh, hey guys, uh, thanks a lot for doing. Show. And anything uh, you want to talk about before we go? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I did want to say before we leave, uh, I found out how racist I was. Oh, really? Yesterday, yeah. I uh, I was in my um, my parents' backyard. And the fence was broken. I was going back there to fix it. And uh, the neighbor's chihuahua got into the yard. And it's barking at me. And every time I take a step toward it, it would run back. And then it would bark again. And that's when I thought to myself, you know, chihuahuas talk a lot of shit. <laughs> but they have nothing to back it up. They're like white boxers. Hmm. And that's when I realized how racist <laughs> I am. I apparently don't like white people. Write it down for the apology <laughs> next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, guys, thanks a lot for doing the show. And uh, this is JT Foreman. I am the Bitter Comic. And I will talk to you next week. See ya. Yeah.
Peace.